Hey everybody, this is James Shepard with another edition of the Merchant Sales Insight. Today we're talking about selling high-risk merchants, simplifying the complex world of high-risk. If you're selling high-risk merchant accounts, odds are that your experience compared to those agents and ISOs selling low-risk accounts has been poor. The payments professional selling high-risk accounts can easily get trapped in an archaic underwriting process or find themselves dealing with a disagreeable sponsor bank. In this edition of the Merchant Sales Insight, I want to break down high risk and discuss what agents and ISOs should expect. Whether you focus entirely on high risk or you're trying to find a home for the occasional high risk merchant account, I believe this short guide will be of assistance. I've asked Maverick Payments to sponsor this edition of the Merchant Sales Insight because I personally love what they're doing within the high risk space. Many of the topics I wanted to cover, such as the agent experience, underwriting, and merchant onboarding are areas where Maverick leads the way, in my opinion. So let's dive into this often misunderstood topic and bring some clarity to your portfolio. What is the risk? This is not just relevant to high-risk merchants. I feel that agents and ISOs alike generally have a poor understanding of the financial risks that exist in our business along with the requirements a processor like Maverick has in terms of underwriting and the ongoing risk management coupled with shouldering the different risks such as financial, regulatory, and reputational. There are three main sources of financial risk that I want to discuss. These apply to all merchant types. There is a reason we call, low, we call merchants low risk and not no risk, as you will see. So let's dive into these three core kind of areas where risk comes from uh, for merchant accounts. Number one on my list is insolvency. Every year, thousands of small businesses go under. Even large businesses declare bankruptcy or go out of business, which has recently been exacerbated by COVID. What does this mean for their payment processor? Once a business shuts down and or empties their bank account, that means all future financial damages flow to the payment processor that is holding all the risk. Imagine a travel company that sells cruises and trips by accepting an upfront deposit. If they close their doors today and refuse to provide services or deliver on the trips that their customers have already paid for, these customers will file a chargeback where they will reach out to the issuing bank that gave them their credit card and they will say, hey, I never got the trip I paid for and I already put $1,000 down now. Um, you know, I can't reach out to anybody at the travel company anymore. They've shut down. Cardholders have dispute rights, so they will receive a credit by charging back. The issuing bank will process the charge back, which ultimately makes its way to the acquirer who will debit the merchant for it. Let's use Maverick payments as an example. Maverick carries or assumes its own risk, so they would debit the merchant for this chargeback. In the event that the ACH returned because the travel business closed or its bank account has insufficient funds, the $1,000 would reject back to Maverick who would incur the debit. If reserve has been established, that can be used to offset the loss. Otherwise, it is a loss and can become a very complicated process to pursue the merchant, the corporation, and the personal guarantors, if any, legally. So this first one is really important and, and a big part of the underwriting department and the, the risk profile is to say, okay, what are the odds this business is going to go out of business 
And if they go out of business, what is the likely financial risk uh, from you know sales that have already been made, credit card payments that have already been processed? What is the financial risk to the processor in the case of insolvency? Next, fines. When a merchant is conducting business in such a way that there are that they are in violation of card brand rules or state laws, they may be subject to fines. Card brands generally pass their fees through to the acquirer who pass it on to their processor like Maverick, where it is assessed to the merchant. If the merchant can't cover it, the payment processor would have the debit rejected similar to the above chargeback loss example. As you can imagine, possible fines are an added incentive and possible threat to ensure that processors are vigilant about the types of businesses they provide with payment processing services, both initially from the underwriting process through ongoing monitoring. This is where it's key for processors to ensure they closely monitor merchants once approved to ensure they don't add prohibited products, process within their approved parameters, and overall do what they were initially approved for. In the case of state laws, a business in serious violation may receive fines that are too much for them to pay, or they may be shut down. In either case, this can create insolvency, which is a worst-case scenario for a payment processor holding the risk, as we discussed above. The next time you are frustrated by the underwriting department for requesting additional documentation to verify the business type, remember that if this business is not what it claims, it is the payment processor that is often left holding the bag in terms of fines and chargebacks. It is oftentimes a balancing act to provide a streamlined underwriting process so the user experience to the agent and merchant are optimized, while also satisfying various due diligence and underwriting requirements the payment processor must follow. Fraud. When a business is doing something fraudulent, they tend to go out of business quickly. So this one overlaps with insolvency. There is additional damage that can be done to a processor and the sponsor bank's reputation as well. A common example is identity theft. And unfortunately, some fraudsters are good and have been able to trick the system in cases and ultimately get merchant accounts. This fraud usually results in fraudulent transactions out of the gate with chargebacks and rarely fines and broken laws as well. The chargebacks from the fraudulent transactions generally ACH return with no ability for recourse in the case of identity theft, for example. These risks overlap heavily with each other to varying degrees. At the end of the day, it is important to understand that managing any portfolio of merchant accounts requires a close eye on the total risk picture. Why do some high-risk processors charge higher fees to process payments or establish reserves or delayed funding? These high-risk processors understand that while most businesses of this type will remain solvent and be very profitable, they must plan for that one negative event where a high-risk business goes belly up, leaving them with significant financial losses. Further, they need to have sufficient income to support the elevated risk and compliance monitoring to properly support these types of merchants. Now, before we get into the risk multipliers, I just want to review these other ones again very quickly and kind of give you the plain language version because this is really important. So insolvency, we think about a business going out of business and or 
their bank account has no money remaining. So that means the processor, any chargebacks that they get or fines from the card brands, they're not going to be able to pass those costs onto the merchant and the processor is going to get stuck holding the bag on those. Then we have fines, which we talked about as um, issues where, again, specifically with the BMD card brand fees, uh, card brands where the merchants, you know, processing things in a, in a way that's not compliant. Well, those fines generally are going to pass through the processor and then hopefully trickle down to the merchant. But again, if the merchant goes out of business, doesn't have any money in their bank account, then the processor is going to eat that cost. And then finally, we have fraud. And this is where companies who really shouldn't even have a merchant account at all are able to open an account. And they're able to process fraudulent or even criminal transactions, um, you know, to process payments for things that shouldn't be processed or even to process payments with stolen credit cards and things like that. So this is where the processors have to make sure they understand what the business does and that they're monitoring for these types of transactions. So now that you understand the three sources of risk, now let's talk about the risk multipliers. There are three variables to these core financial risks that act as risk multipliers making a merchant account and even risk an even greater risk to the payment processor listed in order of importance. They are number one, prepaid revenue. Any business that accepts payment for products or services that have not yet been provided or that are highly likely to be returned is a red flag. Why? Because between the time that the payment is received by the processor and the time that the product or service is provided, the business may become insolvent or shut down entirely, leaving the payment processor holding non-collectible chargebacks. This is referred to as non-delivery risk or contingent liability, which ultimately prolongs the chargeback exposure. The solution to this risk, when severe, is usually a reserve. A reserve is an amount of money held by the payment processor and maintained at a certain level to cover any potential chargeback liability that is not collectible from the merchant for any reason. Let's assume we have an online furniture retailer that has an average ticket size of $2,000, <clears> more on the average ticket size below, and they have $100,000 in average monthly volume. The payment processor may agree to open a merchant account, but only if the merchant provides them <clears throat> with a $5,000 reserve plus 10% of all processing volume until the reserve account reaches a certain level. <clears throat> Once the reserve is fully funded, the merchant will receive 100% of the transactions processed, less any applicable processing fees. But this reserve gives the payment processor peace of mind that in the event the business goes under and the chargebacks start to roll in from undelivered furniture, they would have enough on hand to cover these losses. High average ticket. This second risk is not just about insolvency. There are businesses that process huge transactions. If this business does not have <clears throat> the cash on hand to cover, say, two or three chargebacks that happen to hit it in the same month, it will be much more difficult for the payment processor to approve that account due to the risks inherent with the business. Imagine a business that routinely runs $20,000 plus transactions, but keeps only $30,000 in their bank account. It is entirely possible that something unforeseen could occur that would cause three customers to file a chargeback dispute in the same month for a total of $60,000. The processor would try to run this $60,000 as a bank debit to the merchant, and this debit would be declined, creating a nasty collection scenario for the payment processor. 
The solution here is usually a sufficient bank balance to cover the potential chargeback risk. A reserve could also be requested, but this is unusual unless there is some other factor. Further, the merchant may not be eligible for next day funding like a low risk business would be, which gives the processor more time to monitor processing activity before they pay out these transactions to the merchant. High monthly volume. Just like the high average ticket, the high monthly volume multiplies the risk of loss. Let's imagine we have a distributor that runs 10 million in monthly volume with an average ticket of $15,000. Now let's assume that this business that provides bulk orders to small business owners is taking prepayment for shipping, so prepaid revenue. Now let's assume their bank balance stays at around $100,000 as most of their revenue is going directly to, to their suppliers and they have very thin profit margins. It doesn't take much to create a serious problem here. They could default on some loan payments or run into supply chain issues on items that they pre-purchased, and this ripple effect can leave dozens of small business owners without the products they prepaid for, while the distributor is also out of cash to issue a refund. In this nightmare scenario, the small business clients of the distributor would file chargebacks to get their money back on the orders that they paid for but that were not fulfilled. If the merchant doesn't have money in the bank, the prepayment processor, the I'm sorry, the payment processor is stuck with that financial loss. There are even a few other risks such as reputational risk and compliance risk in addition to the financial and insolvency risk. These other risk factors are also important. Reputational risk isn't easy to quantify but something that is taken into consideration as potentially harmful to the processor's brand if there is controversy. Some examples would be firearm and vape products given regulatory scrutiny over the years. This leads to heightened compliance risk where the processor would need to put a lot of effort in ongoing risk and compliance monitoring to ensure merchants continue to sell legal products, process what they are approved for, and so on. It isn't just the initial underwriting that is important. The ongoing risk monitoring is equally important to ensure ongoing compliance and risk mitigation. What is the solution? Ironically, getting into high-risk merchants, it's pretty easy to get them to say yes. Unlike low-risk merchants, many high-risk merchants are actively seeking a better payment processing experience. The challenge comes with getting the account approved and processing. This means that the solution comes down to picking the right high-risk provider. It is for this reason that I am working with Maverick Payments on this edition, because for the majority of what I will call traditional high-risk accounts, they are leading the way, in my opinion. Now, here's a short list of what to look for in a high-risk processing partner. Number one, expert knowledge and experience in the vertical or verticals you plan to sell. Saying that you sell high-risk processing is a bit like saying you have a restaurant that sells food. Just like there are many different types of food, there are many different types of high-risk accounts. It is crucial that you talk at length with the processor about their experience and track record selling the specific type of business you have in mind. Maverick has a significant track record of success dealing with most of the common high-risk business types. Talk to them first to see if they might be a good fit. More importantly, Maverick is a full-service provider, so all operations are done in-house, such as underwriting, risk, and support, 
So you're dealing directly with the decision makers. Number two, standardized underwriting and onboarding processes. This is the second thing you should look for in a high-risk provider. And I can't emphasize this one enough. High risk is not easy. Often a different sponsor bank is required for a specific vertical. And this means a different application and unique requirements for documentation to get the deal approved. I love what Maverick has done in this area. They've taken the time to think through each vertical And as you complete the application and provide details through their online portal, the process is customized to fit this specific merchant. At the end, they tell you what documentation you're likely to need so you can ensure everything is submitted with the application to have the best shot at approval. Even better, they have multiple sponsor banks, which allow them to support a large range of business types with one simple online application and digital signature process. The third thing we want to look for from a high-risk provider, high-risk processor, is a competitive commission structure. Now remember, not all high-risk accounts are the same. You should never expect to receive the same residual split on high-risk as you do low-risk. By definition, the processor is taking on greater risk with the high-risk deals, and they will want to keep more of the profits to offset this risk. That being said, Within high risk, there are some merchant types that are not as risky as others. Maverick has created a three-tier residual program where you can get a higher split for low-risk accounts, a lower risk for the higher-risk accounts. That being said, within high risk, there are some merchant types that are not as risky as others. Maverick has created a three-tier residual program where you can get a higher split for low-risk accounts, a lower split for the higher risk accounts, but then they have a program in the middle for those accounts that really are a medium risk. They don't qualify for the traditional low risk program, but they give you a better split on those deals. Further, as a true FSP, full service provider, you are getting a direct split. Many high risk processors aren't the actual FSP, so you end up getting a split of a split unclear buy rates, or you even run into other issues. Number four, the fourth thing you want to look for from a high-risk provider, infrastructure and resources. For some reason, most high-risk processors have decided that agents and ISOs, they don't need detailed residual reporting, online portal access, and other resources that have become the norm with low-risk portfolios. Perhaps they feel high-risk is much more limited in terms of payment providers, so they don't feel the need to differentiate and provide value in this way. Maverick provides the same robust infrastructure and resources for the high-risk portfolio as they do for low-risk. This is no easy task since they deal with multiple sponsor banks on the high-risk side. Maverick also offers ACH processing. They have their own payment gateway and a robust dashboard to manage everything needed as an agent. They have had to create a variety of integrations to pull this off, and they pulled it off very well. I hope you've enjoyed this little ebook on high risk. My goal was to educate you on the risks that are associated with our business and hopefully pique your interest in learning more about high risk verticals. Feel free to reach out to our sponsor, Maverick Payments, using the information below. They are always glad to help you as you explore the exciting but often complex world of high risk. A final word about our sponsor. Maverick Payments, since 2000, Maverick has worked with thousands of merchants and partners providing white glove support and industry-leading payment processing services. 
a full-service processor, all operations are handled internally, including partner and merchant support, underwriting and onboarding, risk and compliance monitoring. With an industry-leading dashboard, feature-rich and both merchant and partner-facing, Maverick makes it easy to scale in a frictionless manner while providing immense value-added features and services. Easily implemented payment processing services offered to business clients that are technology-enabled, lucrative, and an overall win-win for everyone. From their proprietary payment gateway, ACH processing, and acquiring, their solution is a complete all-in-one solution from a user experience and API perspective. They're privately held, family-owned, and operated. Maverick is nimble, forward-thinking, and competitive when compared to the larger players in the space. Full service coupled with their leading uh, industry-leading technology designed to grow within your business. For more information, visit Maverick payments.com that's maverick m-a-v-e-r-i-c-k payments.com maverickpayments.com hey everybody my name is james shepherd thank you so much for taking time to listen to this edition of the merchant sales insight have a great day